Welcome to the venue. Who's excited to be here tonight? You are in store for a treat tonight. I want, oh Lord, that's a situation. I, I'm not going to be able to concentrate at all tonight. Well, uh, Jeremy and Andrea are off tonight. Um, oh, geez. Um, so it is their five-year wedding anniversary, so they've elected to go off and do their own thing. I really didn't understand. I said, why don't you guys come to the venue? We'll hang out together, celebrate together. We'll go out to dinner. We'll go ice skating. I said, you see each other every day, but you only get to see us once a week. But um, they elected to do their own thing, so you get the privilege and the honor of hearing me bring the, the message tonight. I want you to know that Chick-fil-A video had nothing to do with my message. So if you're looking for a spiritual meeting out of that video, there, there isn't one. I just thought it was kind of funny and I thought I'd show it. So tonight's message is called Deal With It. And uh, so if you've got your Bibles or your iPhone apps or your smartphone apps, if you'll turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11... 2 Samuel 11. You know, I think there are things in our lives that we need to deal with. There are situations that we face, problems that come our way that, that we need to deal with. I think sometimes we, we try to run away from those or, or maybe sweep them under the rug. So tonight I just want to talk about how to, how to kind of deal with those. And you'll find in chapter 11, verse 1, it's a story about David, Bathsheba, and Uriah. Has anybody heard this story, David and Bathsheba? A few of us? If this story happened today, this would be on the cover of every checkout magazine, every newspaper. President commits adultery. Husband suspiciously dies in battle. So, you know, it's not just something. Sometimes I think we read the Bible and we just kind of skim over things. and go, okay, okay, okay. But this was a huge deal back then. This was a huge deal. This, this would be all over in the news media. But I kind of feel bad for David because here is a man. He's been called a man after God's own heart. He did great and mighty things. He killed Goliath. You know, he's the king. You know, he's, he's got all this going for him, but he makes one just huge mistake. And it gets put in the Bible for generations and generations to read. I thank God I live in this day and age for two reasons. Indoor plumbing and nothing I do wrong is put in the Bible. So, <laughs> otherwise this book would be a lot bigger. Amen? <laughs> so... If we look in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, everybody's there. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful to behold, so David sent and inquired about the woman. Someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. For she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David and said, I am with child. If you're taking notes tonight, my first point is this. Be where you're supposed to be. I don't know if you caught that in verse 1, but the kings were at war. David should have been at war, but instead he stayed home. David wasn't where he was supposed to be. 
Are you where you're supposed to be? You know, it's a lot harder to knock up your girlfriend if you're not leaving her house at 3 in the morning. Who is this guy and where's Jeremy? Don't worry, he'll be back next week. It's a lot harder to get a DUI if you haven't been out drinking all night. Be where you're supposed to be. If you're supposed to be at home, be at home. This goes beyond right or wrong. Be where you're called to be. Where are you called to be? If you're called to be at City Church, be at City Church. If you're called to be somewhere else, be somewhere else. If, you know, where are you being called to be? You could be at a job you hate. Has God called you to be there? The whole reason David was able to kill Goliath was he was delivering pizzas to his brother. He wasn't always king. Be where you're supposed to be. Be where you're called to be. There's a great saying, grow where you're planted. That's great, but are you planted in the right soil? Be where you're supposed to be. I don't care what great and mighty things you're doing in your life. If you're not doing what God's called you to do, you've missed the target. There's an American athlete named Matthew Emmons. He competed in 2004 in the Summer Olympics. It was on track to win the 50-meter three-position fire rifle final. All he had to do was hit the target. He was going to win the gold medal. So he stood there, took a deep breath, took aim, hit it right in the middle of the bullseye. But he was perplexed because when he hit the target, the alarm didn't go off. It didn't register. He had hit the wrong target. The last thing I want to do is get up to the pearly gates and have God tell me, you hit the wrong target. I could run one of the best grocery stores in Utah, but I'm telling you what, if that's not what God's called me to do, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be there. You could be the greatest preacher in America, but if that's not what God's called you to do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't amount to anything. David wasn't where he was supposed to be. Now he has a situation on his hands. The woman is pregnant. So we see in verse 6, he sends, David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked Joab how Joab was doing, how the people were doing, and how he, the war prospered. David said to Uriah, go down to your house, wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and a gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. So when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel of Judah are dwelling in tents, and my lord Joab and his servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house and eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do these things. See, Uriah is where he's supposed to be. He's doing what he's supposed to do. David could take a couple notes, a couple lessons from Uriah here. So then David said to Uriah, wait here today also and tomorrow. I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. David's going, come on, you got to fix the situation for me. Maybe if I get him drunk, he'll go home. At the evening, he went out to lie in his bed with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. The situation just keeps going from bad to worse. In the morning, it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. Sent Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. My second point is this. You can't always fix it yourself. You're going to face difficulties. You're going to face problems in your life that you can't fix on your own. 
David cannot fix this situation. What would happen if he had called on God? Now, I've got relatives that think you can fix everything with duct tape and WD-40, and I'm telling you, there's some things you can't fix without God. Uriah is where he's supposed to be. So David has Uriah killed. If you look down in verse 26, when the wife of Uriah, a.k.a. Bathsheba here, heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. You can't always fix it yourself. When we refuse to deal with the problems or situations of our life, things only get worse. David started with a small problem of not being where he was supposed to be. It in turn turned into him being on his roof, looking in other people's windows, watching a woman bathe. That turned into him sleeping with Bathsheba and her having a child. It just keeps going from bad to worse to the point that he has Uriah killed. We read in chapter 12 that the Lord sent Nathan to David. And he came to him and said to him, there were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his food and drank from his own cup. It lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. A traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wavering man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives and as the man has done, this man shall surely die. And he shall restore fourfold the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. It's really easy to point out problems we see in other people. It's really easy to say, oh, man, I can't believe he did that. But then when we have that pointed to ourselves, we go, oh, no, I've, I've got this problem under control. I, I've got this. It's okay. It was easy for David to point the hand, point his finger. But then Nathan said to David, you are the man. I anointed, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you those of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall... Never depart from your house, because you have despised me and taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up adversary against you from your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. My third point is this, God will seek you out. In the end, we have to face our decisions. God found David and confronted him. We could choose our actions, but we can't choose our consequences. My parents always told me that growing up. It was really annoying, but it's true. It's true. There are a lot of things in life that I don't want to have to deal with that I did, wish I didn't have to go through. But I got to choose my actions. I didn't get to choose my consequences. We can choose our actions, but we don't get to choose what happens. If we read on, we find out that David's son died. 
I can't imagine the heartache that he dealt with. How long are you going to run from God? Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord, blasphemy, the child also who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed from his home. If you skip down to verse 24, you find that David went and comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her. So she bore him a son, and they named him Solomon. And the Lord loved him, and he went by the word by his hand of Nathan, the prophet. So he called him Jedidiah because of the Lord. I think Jedidiah was his southern name. But my fourth point is this. God can restore you. If you notice there, it says in verse 13 that David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. God can restore you. God can restore David. He did restore David. But would he have restored David if he hadn't confessed his sins and said, I have sinned? There are things I faced in my life, there are problems that I was dealing with that just kept getting from bad to worse until the point that I remember being on my knees in front of God going, I'm sorry. Forgive me. There are people that know me from my past that if they walked through those doors and saw me standing here today would go, that man has no right preaching because they know who I was. Because even though I confessed that Jesus was my Lord and Savior with my lips, I wasn't living that life. I was the most hypocritical Christian you can find. I was dating an atheist and people told me, oh, well, you're just, you know, witnessing to her. You're just trying to save her. I wasn't trying to save her. I didn't care. <sighs> there are things in life that I have to deal with now, consequences of my actions, because I didn't deal with it. But because I fell to my knees and I said, Lord, forgive me, he restored me, and God can restore you. Because David fell on his face, God restored him. David and Bathsheba had another son, Solomon. If you haven't read much about Solomon, he went on to build the Lord's temple. David wanted to do it, but he wasn't allowed to. God said no. Solomon built his temple. God can still use you. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care what you've done before. He's focused on your future. It doesn't matter what you did before you walked in here tonight. What are you going to do when you leave here tonight? Stephen Furtick said, I was listening to him the other day. If you don't know Stephen Furtick, he's a pastor of a huge church in North Carolina. He said, God often creates the moments that lead to our greatest future out of the most powerful disappointments of our past or our present. Let me read that again. God often creates the moments that lead to our greatest future out of the moments that are powerful disappointments from our past or our present. The only reason I can stand here today is because of what I went through. If I hadn't gone through those things, I don't know if I would have been here today. I don't know if I'd, I wouldn't have this story to tell you. God still loves us and God still forgives us. He doesn't care about our mistakes. The Bible says he's willing and gracious to forgive us. It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It says right here that as soon as David confessed his sin, Nathan replied in verse 13, the Lord also has put away your sin and you shall not die. See, God forgave him and put away his sin. He still had consequences to deal with. He still had things he had to deal with in life. But God forgave him. Everything that's written in here is written for us. It's written for our example. 
What are you running from today? In a moment, we're going to break off into our table groups. But with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to think about that tonight. I want you to think about what God's calling you to do, what he's calling you to be. Maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe it's your hundredth time. Maybe you've been serving God your whole life. The question is, are you living the life that God has called you to be? It doesn't matter what happened before you walked in here tonight. The question is, what are you going to do when you leave? Are you going to live where God's called you to be? You could be at a job you hate, but if God's called you to be there, give 100%. If God's calling you to be at a certain church, be there. There's some of you tonight who are running. You're running from what God is calling you to do and who God is calling you to be. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call anyone out. But don't leave here tonight without making things right with God. Tonight, if we can all say this prayer together. Lord, I'm done running. I want to live the life that you've called me to be. Come into my heart, change my life, and make it new. I'm living today for you. In your name we pray. Amen.